your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 cunning plans. For today, I'm Phil, and with me as always is our lovable co-host, Davey. How are you doing, Davey? I'm good. I'm just hiding out in this gloom hex over here. <laughs> <laughs> just lurking. Just lurking, hanging out, making some plans. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you couldn't tell from our cunning plans and lurking, uh, today we are going to be talking about the Cunnan crew and uh, similar to our combo deck episode we are going to try building a deck live uh, for all of you listeners now obviously you won't be listening to it live but we're going to be doing it live um, so yeah it should be fun should be interesting and uh, excited to get to it but before we talk through any of the Cunnan crew we should give you a quick update on the context of when we are recording and uh Today, while we are recording, is the Saturday preview for Warhammer Underworlds, the most recent one, uh, where we got to see Black Powder, uh, the pirate ogre, and all of his little minions. Uh, yeah. What did you think about that? I think they uh, are. I, I think they heard you on uh, on how much you love uh, Dune Claw. How much people went crazy over this freaking crab because <laughs> they're like oh let's increase the pet quotient uh so there's a parrot and a monkey I, and yeah. i say parrot like loosely it's some weird like predatory yeah. age of sigmar parrot it looks it looks a lot like the vultures that the ogres have in regular age of sigmar but mm. with like a few more feathers and they're just like yeah it's a parrot yeah exactly okay. i didn't read it i didn't read it as a parrot until like the the blurb said i was like oh oh it is oh jeez, all right yeah uh, every, when, when you're a parrot that big everything looks like a cracker so I, yeah <laughs> yeah all, all those puns i saw a few in the chat while i was watching the preview yeah. um yeah i th i've seen i've seen some takes where it's like well it's just rothgorn but with a different sort of like style and it's like eh, i don't know if that's really true looks like he's gonna function pretty differently i mean um, could be i i uh i i hear people when they say that though you know because it's a oh, yeah, ogre I mean, with some knoblars and animals and um uh, and he's got a shooting attack so i'm, I'm interested i i'm confident that they won't just do rothgorn over again so i'm interested to see like how how they distinguish him from rothgorn yeah uh and also uh, what lessons it's now been, a well, I was going to say it's been a season without big boys, but that's not true. Cause we had Kanan, uh, last mm -hmm. season, which I think, uh, he's, he's a bully, he's a brute, but, um, he's, a he feels like a fairly well implemented big, big guy. So, yeah. And I, mean, I don't think he was really the focus of that war band. So then it was like all the resources didn't go into him and you didn't get the like big boy Voltron feel like we mm -hmm. had with a lot of the other big war bands. So yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, did you take a look at his card from the? They showed his uninspired side in the preview Ooh, video. What? No, yeah. I did not see that. So he's in there. Uh, it's pretty pretty nifty. Should go check that out. I don't think we need to take, give any hot takes here, but okay. for those who maybe missed that his card was previewed, uh, uh, go check it out because he's he's yeah. scary. My hot take is I didn't realize it was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, I don't think you would have known necessarily without going back and like looking at the video thing that they showed in the article that they posted. So uh, easy to miss. OK, well done. Yeah. All right. And 
with that awesome news out of the way, uh, we've oh. got our normal community one, shout outs. And, one more oh. comment there for a second. Okay, um, cool. I noticed he's not coming out till the new year. Um, mm, yep. So that means we had a couple months and I'm kind of okay with that. And I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, it's a little disappointing, but there's, there's some silver linings there, but uh, sorry, go back, yeah. back, no, back. No worries. Uh, so our normal topics, we've, we've got our community shout outs. Uh, so I know you got something. So what, what would you like to let people know about? Yeah, I've been really enjoying, uh, there was some discussion about the rivals format and, uh, tabletop Sydney, um, in their, constant flow of content uh has been doing a, a rivals tournament so they take the dire chasm mm-hmm. war bands and uh basically run a, a a elimination bracket uh i believe with them um uh, mm-hmm. and uh using just the rivals deck and i think that's a good season to do it with i feel uh, i feel like there's not as many outliers like uh when everyone talks about rivals and has concerns about particular decks the ones that come up are like uh I don't know, like Mourn Flight or Hrothkorn or Grimwatch. And right. uh, lots of the Beast Grave stuff that was a little over strong. Yeah, just had some real powerful infaction stuff. Um, and so I, I like what they're doing there. I like that they're showcasing rivals um, and uh, checking that out as a, as a format. So um, they're, as, as always, like their cast of characters uh slash players uh and production is all all top notch so um if you need a fix it's a place to go cool well definitely we're gonna want to go check that out i've got some time then in our other recurring segment we got what the heck is going on with you uh Mm -hmm. so for me i have been doing a lot of deck building now that we have all the hero deep stuff out um have to still actually go pick up my box because uh shipping delays and such but um pretty excited uh pretty excited to do this build but i've been looking at stalkers trying to figure out what to do because i feel like hold objective play is probably going to have been nerfed a little bit Mm. um but i still think that they need to be holding objectives to be effective so trying out a few different ideas um, just sort of gonna throw some stuff at the wall here for the first take for Harrow Deep and see what sticks. Cool. How about you? Uh, I made it out. We had our our first Harrow Deep uh night on uh this past Thursday at uh, our Warhammer store in Fitchburg. We had uh, seven folks out, seven different war bands. That was pretty cool. Um, very nice. And uh, actually, we had an eighth. Uh, um. But uh, he he uh, had to had to depart early, so he actually kind of missed everybody. We we were, we were so close to having eight, but <laughs> uh, but uh, it was really cool to see. Cool to see the new mechanics. Everyone, we we made it. We didn't uh, we didn't kick off our league just yet. We decided we'd have one week of people kind of uh, warming up to the new rules and uh, and getting into it. And uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. It felt like it felt like really uh, freshened up the game you know as you were trying to figure out like okay like uh i don't know i the it felt to me the biggest change i noticed in gameplay was gloom versus lethals uh, sure instead yeah. of like you know deployment was like oh right like i don't have to like panic about which 
hex is going to end up all the more dangerous because it's right next to a lethal. Um, yeah, I, it, you know, deployment is still important, but it was, uh, it was very different as that, as far as that went. And there's a lot of gloom out there. Um, yeah, a lot of cover hexes. Like I, I, some of it was, I don't think any of the war bands that I think the closest thing we had to an objective war band out there, um, was, uh, Alex brought his Kagra Ravagers, and so they were having to flip things over so they could desecrate them. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that uh, feels so bad. <laughs> um, he did. He did get them inspired, though. Uh, so okay, nice. Good on him. A little, uh, a little gambit, a little uh, uh, despoil, or whatever the end around action is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, that was cool. But yeah, I liked that. I liked. Um, I liked deck building. Uh, I drew a third end phase and got to shuffle it back in. It's like, <laughs> don't worry about Always that. A good feeling. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I it was nice to it was nice to have that on the very first shuffle. Is is be like, oh, there, you know, I, I threw a third end phase in specifically to like test this out, um, and it just feels that much less punishing. I like I like that the I like that you can look at those cards a little closer now. So, um, definitely. And the only other thing I have to say about that is that uh, a couple of people did play a little rivals. Um, uh, Skyler, uh, Skyler was, uh, playing against, uh, uh, Marty, one of our, our newer guys who is trying out the cruel boy. Skyler didn't quite realize that, uh, the season one and two did not have full, um, rivals Oops. decks. <laughs> so, uh, I said, I, I got there, they were already playing. I was like, Oh, well, how did you bulk out the deck uh, to to get up to like rivals? And he's like, uh, "What are you talking about?" It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh okay, <laughs> uh, you know. But it, it was actually also fun to watch him, you know, pulling out. There's uh, there's these cards that you don't see otherwise, like a momentary boldness, which is uh, have a have a Skaven can charge um, if in the power step uh, as long as it's next to two other uh, right. Rats. Yep, <laughs> uh, which is crazy, right? Like you, you know. Mm-hmm try to think of a of a card that'll let you charge in the power step these days um so it's just the setup is is so hard but there was there was all kinds of like terrible ones uh you know he's like uh he's like ah i've got a third end phase here oh it's so bad ah it's so bad you know it was like (laughs) uh it was like get one glory if you have five fighters on the battlefield you know with uh (laughs) when spike claws swarm was like oh seems man. good i don't know i don't see the problem <laughs> yeah thanks season one mm. um so anyway it was a really good time we had a great turnout it was really fun to see the new mechanics and people are people are pumped and the, awesome. the league kicks off next week i brought Godsworn hunt out and had a great time actually uh played uh against the ravagers so we had a little bladeborne preview so nice yeah awesome well Without further ado, let's jump into some deck building here. Let's do so it. So we are building a Cunning deck for the Cunning crew. Uh, so quick rundown, just to give people, if you haven't looked at them closely, just so that you know what we're thinking about while we're building this deck. Um, we've got some common rules for the crew. Uh, David, you want to run through a couple common rules that many of these fighters have? Sure. Um, you can, if you do not have access to the cards yet, if for some reason you haven't, that you, we you can uh, check out the uh, preview articles that we plugged before uh, that are over on some of uh, some of our friends' blogs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Path Path to Glory uh, is a good one uh, to go check out. 
But uh, they all of them have three move to start slow side. They all start on one block, um, which is not great. But as as uh, minions go, you know, again having having spent some time playing reavers and like, ooh, one block, man. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, so fancy. <laughs> uh, when they inspire, they all get uh, one extra uh, movement point, and then the little guys all bump up to two dodge. Um, so, right. Uh, that's uh, extra dice is is a big deal in the gloom meta. Um, yeah, because uh, the the more dice you have, the more times that face has the chance to come up. Um, they inspire by three or more getting out of action, and uh, or. You know, so that's that's pretty challenging. Like, you know, if you're playing uh, the uh, any Stormcast, well, most of the Stormcast warbands, like you get to inspire once they're wiped out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so that's the hard side that will rarely happen. But the other side is relatively trivial, and that is to either support or be supported uh, on an attack action. Um, so, uh, and this is not an attack action they have to make. So it's after an yeah. attack action in which this fighter supports or is supported. Uh, so somebody else could actually trigger it for you uh, if they kind of come into a crowd. So uh, yeah. I think I think the the preferred way is to control it yourself. But um, yeah, and it, there's no no caveats about success or, or not in that. So that's pretty pretty solid. Uh, notably three out of the five have, uh, some have more than range one on their attack actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, not gick it, but, uh, shank, uh, shank has a net that mm-hmm. he can throw three. And then both the big guys have a range two, uh, with their grabba or, uh, triprada. Um, so that's notable. Uh, and then, three slash kind of four of them have something that uh, triggers off of, of support. So both the minions, the little guys, Shank and Gicket, uh, they get to count as double support if they are supporting. Um, <laughs> Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also when this fighter provides support, count him as two supporting fighters. That is not uh, that is not specifically on offense. So they can provide it on defense too. So yep. um, that's pretty cool. Uh uh, I'm, I'm be honest. I just noticed that myself. Um, Torca, uh, Torca supports from range too, which is nuts. Um, yeah. uh, crazy. I, I think I thought that was good. And then when I was watching it in action, I was like, wow, that is, that is a wide radius that he provides that help to. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that one is, uh, offensive only. So, uh, it's when another friendly fighter yep. makes an attack action. So can't help on defense. Uh, Crook Grin doesn't have uh, anything support. Manok kind of does. He has this reaction where after a friendly fighter moves, um, so is after a friendly fighter moves, it could be even his own movement. Uh, then he can trigger an adjacent fighter to take a move action. Um, so he can find a way to engineer supports as well through that, or all kinds of other tricks like send somebody off into an important spot or whatever. Um, Take, yeah, you know, he can run up and drag a, a vulnerable fighter back. He's got a lot of cool things with that, but it's a pseudo support thing. Uh, I think yeah. that's the, the thing that you will probably most frequently see it used for. So, uh, with that rundown, uh, what does that tell us about like what we're thinking going in, having, having not played these guys, maybe seen them played, uh, done some thinking about them. What, what do you think of as like their core strategies or things that you're going for here? Yeah. So 
because they have so much stuff that triggers off of support, they're, you know, rules that just, they count for extra supports. They inspire off of supports, be supporting from further away than normal. I'm thinking we want to lean into that. And since you're going to be leaning into that, that generally means wanting to bunch up fighters. So kind of thinking about swarm tactics, they're not a huge fighter warband. I mean, they've got five, so they're bigger than average, but like, it's not like they're not like a seven fighter warband or something crazy. So you do, you are a little bit limited, um, but I think swarming your opponent's fighters is probably still going to be what you want. Hmm. Um, they do, since they do have a lot of reach, I mean, you can take advantage of that and find ways to just make extra attacks. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think you you want the minions up close, but I think you can leave the bigger guys back and just have them sort of like poke in to attack from like lots of uh, nice angles. Kind of helps with their speed problems too. Yeah. Um. And then one the one thing from Crookgrin that I thought seemed pretty interesting is that since you are going to be wanting to send the minions in, he does have. Uh, his his money bags action where you can spend a glory to let a friendly minion make an attack with plus one dice. Um, so obviously if they've already charged or if they're locked down for some other reason, they can still make attacks through this action. Yeah. And then and when he's inspired, he gets to make them both do it. Yeah, uh, he, could, he could spend up to two glory to have both yeah. of them make an attack. And like you said, there's no restriction. It can be a range one, two, or three. It doesn't have to be on their fighter card. So if you get a big old mm-hmm. weapon on them, um, you can do that. So I think it just provides a huge amount of flexibility um, yeah. for those minions. And it, it, we've talked about this before. With uh, you know, I think we discussed it with some of these ways to trigger an attack from a fighter that um, has charged already. It means that the enemy can't ignore that fighter right like you have to be like like normally i would be happy to stand next to this guy because it it doesn't matter he's already charged i can i can wait before i move away from him or i can wait till next round to deal with it here you gotta be like well if they've got unspent glory like maybe crook grin can uh you know make my life miserable for me so for sure Um, I think the only other thing that I noticed is that while they feel like they want to be very aggro and sort of using their like numbers to their advantage, their damage is fairly limited. Uh, Mm -hmm. They never go above two damage on any fighter base. Mm -hmm. So you do. Well, I guess that's not entirely true. Tough Skull has Grievous on his attacks. So on crits, he can go higher. But yeah, uh, you don't really want to. Kick it's also got Grievous, okay. uh, both uninspired and inspired. So Right, but he's only base damage one anyway. Right, right. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I mean you're I think that's sort of one thing to just keep in mind is that if you are building these guys aggro, which I think is the right way to go with them, you are probably going to need some way of boosting damage. Um, just because the the way that Underworlds has gone for the last season and a half is that fighters end up big and bulky and reducing damage. Um, so you don't want to have to hit them three or four times to take them down. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I think what we're seeing then is that we're going to want things that capitalize on the support interactions um, with that much support. Theoretically, we're doing okay on accuracy. Some of these guys start pretty inaccurate, but uh, with the help of supports that kind of get up there. Um mm-hmm. And, 
uh, and we want to try and boost damage um, on the way in. So I, I think those are some of the like general um, things that we're keeping in mind as we as we launch into this. So yeah. So I figure it's always good to start with objectives. Mm-hmm. So unless you have any disagreements, we can kick things off there. Yeah, I, I think so. That um, we uh, will probably do this in a similar way. Where we kind of do a little back and forth. You know, if we kind of stall out on objectives, we'll skip forward mm-hmm. uh, like we did and come back around, revisit um, revisit each category as we as we kind of give form to some of this deck. So, for sure. So, this is probably something we'll want to revisit, but it's also something to just keep in mind from the outset. Now that your objective deck is no longer limited to 12 cards, would we want to go higher than 12 cards? Right. I, I like that you put this in here. Uh, I, I had not even thought about it, but I think it's a, a great thing to remind yourself, like, ask yourself that question. The answer is probably, no, I don't want to go more than 12. But <laughs> ask yourself the question because, uh, you, you, you know, it's a sort of sort of question you got to keep in mind uh, so you don't overlook things down the line. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I tend to agree. I think, and maybe this is this will be something that we will sort of figure out as we play Hero Deep more. But I'm guessing that with aggro warbands, you often don't necessarily want to go over twelve unless you have a really passive set of surges, mm. just because you're likely triggering a lot of your scoring. Uh, off of kills and kills are inherently more risky because you have to roll dice and dice can always fail you so the more end phase cards you include the more chances there are for dead cards Um, but we'll see so how about some surges Uh, some of the first ones that jumped out to me uh, what are they called so so we've got, I think, one for that's in faction and one that's just for destruction in the Grand Alliance cards. Um, yeah, this is, uh, let's see, I think it's uh, Supreme Cunning, yeah, which so is two or more, right? Yep, so you uh, have two or more supporting friendly fighters when you make an attack action. Or the more the meaner is the destruction version. Yeah, but exactly the same wording. Yeah. Uh, and it took me a second because I, I was looking at these like side by side. Uh, I was using the physical cards and I was like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Like, did they print the same rules accidentally? I didn't realize I was holding a destruction. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and I was like, oh, 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 I get it. I get it. I finally noticed the more yeah. demeanor, the symbol, and also that it had... Uh, red cap and one of the other archers in Prague all kind of ganging up on Oberyn. So, uh, it's like, okay, all right, I got it. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this is an inclusion, uh, especially with the, yeah. with the little guys being in there. Let me ask you this. What do you think about both? Like th- it's rare that you have the opportunity to like literally mirror image, double down on a particular surge. Um, yeah. what are your feelings on doing something like that? So normally with aggro cards, I would say no, because usually they say when you make a successful attack action or when you kill a fighter with this attack action, score this thing. Mm. This one, though, is just 
when you make a fight an attack action with double supports, which with mm -hmm. these guys is literally just make an attack action with one of the minions. Yeah. Like as long as well, one of the minions support. is supporting. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't feel that hard to me. And so like all of a sudden these are just really simple scores unless mm -hmm. you're getting completely blown out in like round one and you just lose all your fighters. But in that case, I don't, like I don't think that's a good fail case to build around because like that would pretty much kill any aggro strategy. Sure. Uh, I think I think they have the potential to be hard to score in the last round. Right. Uh, because uh, an opponent is likely going to try and if they get the chance farm the little guys for support. Um, so I'd say we we could throw two in for now and then we'll see what else we got for surges. Um, mm -hmm. If we go above six with our surges, we can see if it's one of the ones we're going to drop or not. Sure. Uh, uh, I think a, another partner for that, in my opinion, would be uh, orchestrated kill. Yep. Uh, and that is. Uh, score a kill as long as you have one or more supporting fighters. And if you don't do this during the game, then uh, what are you even doing? Like yeah. you should probably play a different warband. So yeah, yeah, like it's it's their whole shtick. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always the again, like this will probably be harder the later the game goes. But like if you got three surges that are all like do something with supporting mm -hmm. attacks you're bound to get one of them earlier in the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially right. now that you get the free mulligan. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think this one definitely makes sense. Um, I would say put it in and just, uh, unless there's something that seems quite a bit better that we find later on here, that, that all three are probably going to be in. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, do we have anything else supporting wise that you wanted to include? Um, not exactly support, but I was thinking about in the same vein of having multiple fighters around enemy fighters as having impending doom. Mm. Um, I think there's a number of different ways you could make this happen. Uh, since it does trigger after an activation, uh, and especially with Manox ability, uh, cunning command, if you set it up right, you could just make a single charge and then score cunning or impending doom. Yeah. Assuming you don't just kill the fighter. But I mean, that's always a risk with impending doom. Sure. But I think it feels like, um, so, uh, I guess my example, I think the last time you and I played was that, uh, uh, totally crazy blade coven versus reavers game. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, I had stolen, uh, Matt's deck from set the tempo. Uh, he had, a. Uh, he had a pre-rotation Blade Coven deck, and he put, had Impending Doom in there. I was like, ah, I don't know about this. Uh, but the thing is, like, that the card is better than I realized because there are times, like, at the end of a end of a round, you're like, well, I'll just run someone over here, or I'll sidestep someone over, or like you said, I'm going to charge in if I don't get the kill. Uh, then at least I'll get something, you know. So yeah. it, it turns it can turn some of those uh, if you can set it up, it can turn those things into a win-win. And like we talked about, these guys have relatively low damage. So, um, you know, you could easily have a situation where you set up one of these supports, you score, you know, superior or supreme cunning um, for the attack, and then you score impending doom because you didn't wipe him, you didn't kill him with that, but you're still there. So um, I think the only, ca yeah, uh, 
I, I, I think that's, I think it's a solid inclusion, um, still maybe to be evaluated because some of your supporting, uh, shenanigans are having, having in courtesy of, um, tough skull mm-hmm. who, who isn't actually adjacent, but, uh, I think yeah. positioning surges are a nice way to have the option to get glory without having to, uh, roll dice. So, yeah, that was sort of the other thought is like, eh, we should have some stuff in here that is able to be scored without relying on kills or successful mm. dice rolling. Um, yeah. And that just gives another option. So on the subject of successful dice rolls, um, I don't know if you noticed this one. I thought uh, unequal. Well, actually, I'm going to be honest. The first thing I thought of uh, was a much more like ambitious one was perfect strike. This is the <laughs> uh, get a kill, have only successes in your dice roll and uh, do the exact amount of damage to take somebody out. It's super, super greedy. Yeah, the, the better choice is unequal contest, which does not require a kill. It just requires all the results to be successes. And I think I think that's pretty reasonable. I think if you if we slide in some rerolls in here for to shore it up a little bit more, yep. uh, once you're supporting, a lot of the faces of those dice are uh, are successes. So I think, um, yeah, I as think many, that makes for a pretty attractive choice. As many as five out of six faces on a die can be successes. So yeah. Uh, you start to start to push those odds quite high. Yeah, I also included that one. I think it is definitely an easy one. Um, I at first I was looking at uh, what's it called? Roll three dice with different faces, and then I was just like, uh, why? Why are we doing branching that? Branching fate. Yeah, branching fate. I was like, these guys don't have a lot of three dice before they're inspired, and then like. That's just harder. <laughs> well, even once they are inspired, there's only two people that have three dice, and that's Gicket and Crookgrin. Right. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. I, 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 anytime I'm making aggro, I usually slot that in, and then notice that it was a bad idea later. You know. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some warbands love it. Uh, this is not one of them. Here's uh, here's one that I did. I inc- have included in some decks and have not had it come up yet uh and i keep meaning to just kind of watch the game state to see how often this happens uh but from from uh unequal contest talk about contest of equals Hmm. and this is a score immediately after a failed attack action if the attack roll and the defense roll uh contain the same number of successes including critical successes here's what i notice about this is it doesn't say a friendly it's just any attack action yep yeah so it's just so Right. This feels like in the gloom era, like this is going to happen, right? I don't know. I feel like it probably happens at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it is reliable, though, I think is a question. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely worthy of consideration, though. I mean, if, if you know you're going to be aggro, you're going to be rolling dice, and there's just going to be those matchups where you're like, all right, I got two smash going into this person. And then you roll two successes and they're like, well, I guess I'll just roll two dodge out of this. Yeah. Um, like it's not. It's it's probably not something you think about happening all that often, but I think you're right. It probably happens more often than not. Uh, but I I guess I'm not even really sure how often it happens. So that's. That's probably one that would be fun to just try out and just see how reliable it ends up being. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if this is maybe not the best warband for it because you will actually be rolling a fair amount of successes, right? Like uh, if I'm throwing two smash yeah. with double supports, uh, 
I'm probably getting two successes and I'll need to crit out of it or something like that. So I think if you're more of a right, uh, couple smash or something, I don't know, but it's, uh, let's, let's have that be an edge case maybe. Yeah. I, and I think your point of the, um, like you can score this off your defense rolls is maybe where you would see this come in more frequently because you are going to inspire to two dot two defense dice on pretty much all your fighters. Um, and in that yeah. situation, uh, maybe it's more likely. Well, uh, and uh, it's almost, you know, well, wouldn't say less about the, but like w- when you get attacked and you you have like the the uh, attack roll coming at you that just had the one success, you're starting out on shields. Um, mm-hmm. You may be looking to get yourself into uh, cover hexes. Um, so the the 1v1, one success versus one success defenses, uh, I think that might be where you see it. The, the most often right um so maybe yeah. maybe throw it in there and we'll see we'll see where we're at sure uh, what other surges are we thinking uh one that i saw in their faction cards i thought might be decent is malicious blow so this is a surge hybrid where you can score this immediately after a friendly fighter's range one or two attack action if the attack action either takes an enemy fighter with a wounds characteristic of two or less out of action so that's just go pick on a meanie or a weenie Mm -hmm. and uh score this which that's probably where you're going to score this most often or take a vulnerable enemy fighter out of action i don't i mean i'm sure it'll happen but like it's not something you probably work towards but if you're not going to be able to one hit kill things you might just end up in this state Mm. i don't know how reliable this is but i thought since it's an infaction um and killing two wound fighters is becoming a lot simpler because there's just a lot more of them floating around uh that it might it might actually be uh somewhat reliable yeah it's hard to it's hard to wrap your head around because i think some of those uh vulnerable fighters like i think you're going to generate them because you will do two or three damage and actually uh, you know another reason that perfect strike was a not great choice is you have a couple guys with grievous in this warband and so <laughs> yeah accidentally can't, can't can't control. Yeah, ex- exactly uh so i think you're gonna because you're having to take more than one attack action and knock somebody down i think you may end up um but it's yeah it's tough basically against against a lot of like three wounders um you're or even four wounders that you managed to grievous on you're gonna you're gonna end up leaving people vulnerable so uh it's got potential um yeah i think i think the partner for this in this discussion is gristle for the mill yeah how about you run that one down for us sure surge score immediately after a friendly fighter is range one or two attack action that takes an enemy fighter with a wounds characteristic of three or more out of action uh everybody's got one of these Yep. right like uh everybody has a fighter that has three or more in their warband and and uh most people have quite a few yeah um it's hard to think of a warband that you would line up against and be like ooh like i'm gonna have a little bit of a tricky time scoring this um i mean yeah. i guess blade blade coven <laughs> yeah blade coven would be tough i think uh man i'm blanking uh the bone reapers might actually be pretty tough for that too oh yeah good call is it kenta kenta is the only one with three and then you've got your six wounder with uh yeah your big boy uh so you're you're you got slim pickings there but i mean 
you start getting down to like okay we're we're picking our sixth surge or something it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> sure you, you start getting into some suboptimal choices and you just kind of have to play the field a little bit so you, you wouldn't want too many kill surges we've already got one with orchestrated kill yep so let's say if you had to pick gristle for the mill or you had to pick um what was the one we were just talking about? Malicious Blow. Yeah. Uh, which which way are you leaning between those two? So initially, I was thinking Malicious Blow just because it has that early score potential. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have your Dangle Bro type fighters hanging out and you just go pick one of them off and get an extra glory. But there are going to be a handful of warbands that you face off against that just won't have any two wound fighters. And then it's yeah. just a really hard score because you have to get them to vulnerable first. Sure. So I think Gristle for the Mill is probably better if we want to go with either one of those. I think that's probably true. Uh, if you had to pick one or the other, uh, you know, because you get someone like Crushes and uh, then you're just hoping that it lines up where they'll be vulnerable and you can drop them. Yep. I, I think if it's a warband that has a couple two wound fighters, then you know, then the hybrid thing, you're probably getting it off the two, but you may find the opportunity to get it off the vulnerable fighter. So. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just a meta call. Like it could mm. really just come down to like if you think you're gonna be facing down like a ton of Hrothgorn, mm-hmm. you probably don't go for Gristle for the mill, because then you either have to kill the cat or Hrothgorn. Yeah. Uh and that sounds rough to me. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you know you're going to be going up against a ton of crushes, it's like, well, definitely don't run the other one. Sure. So, um, stuff to consider there. Uh, any other surges that you thought of? I think anytime you're building a deck these days and you're asking about surges, you have to look at everything to prove. Oh, of course. Yes. You have um, to think about it. Yeah. Uh, it's a little tough here because everything to prove you have... So, I mean, I think people know what this is. It's if your opponent gets primacy mm-hmm. uh, or if you have primacy and a quarry. There's not as many quarry cards out there. Uh, you do have a couple two wounders that people are probably going to one-shot, and often they'll be able to one-shot Crook Grin. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with whoever is doing three. But it doesn't feel like a given that you're going to be giving up primacy. It, it but it's such a good card with that passive score. So what I would say for now is put it in, find out if we end up with several quarry upgrades. Um, yep. But I guess the flip side is you're, you're not going to get primacy too many times yourself. So anyway, I, I would start <laughs> with it in. I, I think my default is start with it in and then show me yeah, that it shouldn't yeah. be in there. I, I think you're right. I think um, with three fighters that can fairly reliably give it up and then if your leader dies at any point, you can score this. Um mm-hmm. And then if there's any other things that trigger primacy, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be off of kills. Mm-hmm. If your opponent is running, you know, any power cards or that give them primacy just for whatever, mm. uh, you could also just score it that way. So sure. I think you're right. I think for the time being, you just put it in uh, until proven otherwise. Yeah. So it's probably just better than anything that requires a kill at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other surge that I noticed that I I thought about was a uh, cruel tricks. That's a sor- mm-hmm. uh, surge score immediately if your warband deals precisely one damage and that takes an enemy fighter out of action. Uh, on first pass, I was like, oh yeah, with lethals this would do the trick, but it doesn't because it has to be from the warband. Yeah. So uh, killing somebody with a lethal 
won't do the trick here. I think this is I think this is doable, but I think you have to build around it. And I think what we'll find is when we get to gambits, I have a suspicion that like you would just have to lean too hard into this uh, to make it happen. Uh, add to the fact that you a couple of your your uh, well, like if you're if you're trying to do it with uh, Gicket, um, he may accidentally do two damage, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of uh, with his grievous. Um, if you there's there's like an upgrade that gives uh, uh, gives Manic a, a bird that is also a grievous damager. So I think there's there's some reliability issues, and I think you just have to commit too much of your deck. That said, I think there probably is a build where you are making up for your damage shortcomings with uh, chip damage of different kinds. But um, yeah, uh, I think some of those are are not as great as they used to be. Lethal Ward is not as good now that a lot of the like people just aren't you can't like knock somebody onto an objective because you will knock somebody onto gloom and if they don't delve it's not an objective so uh, very true so i i think before i even got any further at first i was going to throw it in and see how it played out <laughs> i i think i can see the road laid out for before us and i think that one stays on stays in the deck for now but yeah that's not to say that someone out there doesn't have a rad deck that um does something cool with this for sure yeah, and and I didn't have any others that really jumped out to me either. Um, okay, we've, we've got a lot of stuff right now in the pool that's you know either hunger triggered or hunter quarry triggered, which we don't right. have any of those base. Um, yeah, like there's just a lot of stuff that you kind of can just set aside immediately and just say like these would only come back in if I go a very specific direction in the power deck, and mm. um. I, I don't see a lot of reason to necessarily no. lean that way. Um, no. So I think we've got some pretty solid choices for surges. I've got eight listed in the deck right now, so we can come back to that and make some additional adjustments after we figure out the power deck a little more. Okay. Uh, how about some end phase cards? Anything that seemed like a strong choice for you? Uh, yeah, so I think uh, there's a, a couple... Um, this is a low scoring, uh, but Born Survivors is a in faction scored in end phase if the number of friendly fighters out of action is equal to or less than the current round number. Um, that feels scorable. You know, if it's if it's one, you want it to be pretty scorable. Round one it feels pretty reasonable that you get out of there without losing anybody or with just losing one. You know, it's a, that's the mm -hmm. round where people are, are powering up unless somebody is like really just sprint at you aggro. Um, which honestly you'd probably be okay with too. Uh, yeah. That feels that feels like a, a good one. So I would, I would throw that in there, I think. Um, I think, uh, what was the, the uh, other, there was another one, uh, Outmaneuver, I thought was really good for these guys. Yes. As an I end faction. Also had that one. Uh, so yeah. this is score this in an end phase if two or more friendly fighters each have the same enemy fighter within the range of one or more of their attack actions. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we mentioned earlier, they do have a number of fighters with reach greater than one. Yeah. Um, and this this does not specify that it has to be anything on their printed card. So you could even use upgrades to allow for this. Mm -hmm. um, and And so I think this one is just solid there's no yeah. reason not to be running this yeah i mean shank is a, a big help with this his range three like is just yeah. gonna blanket a lot of the board and is, is like basically his 
shank within three of anyone else that is in range. I don't know. Like that, it seems, seems solid. It seems like a, you know, it's not a crazy card because there's only one glory, but. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of these. It's like, you know, they're one glory end phase, which is maybe not amazing, mm-hmm. but it's reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, another in that category was uh, showy tactics for me. Uh, yes. Two or more friendly fighters inspired. Um, I can 100% see doing this. Like if you have your last activation around one, uh, flying in, making an attack, two guys are inspired. Good. Job's done. So. Yep. Yeah. I, I think this is pretty easy. Their inspire condition is very simple. Um, so, yeah, I I had this one as well. Uh, I think it's also in that very reliable category. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one that is similar uh, to some of these ones that we've been talking about in the universals is looming threat. It's a little harder, mm. um, but it is something we're already trying to do. And it's score this in an end phase if two or more friendly fighters are adjacent to the same enemy fighter. Mm. So obviously slightly harder because you do have to actually have them end next to the same fighter. But I think that there's ways you can kind of make this happen at the end of a phase with power cards if you need to, or if they have a fighter who's charged out already and you can just surround them. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't see this being super difficult. Uh, and you, you do want to be swarming enemy fighters anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked Cunning Warfare and I liked it yeah. okay when I was building. I liked it a lot after I played some Harrow Deep. Uh, this is uh, two or more friendly fighters are each on a feature hex or on a feature token or in a cover hex, uh, which means that there's a lot of spots they can be standing on the board to get this and they both have to have a charge token. I think uh, we're going to have plenty of pushes in this deck to try and set up some things so you can make this happen. Um, yep. You can use Manic. This is a good way for him to do it. Like if uh, if you're just a little bit out of position, he can charge to a spot. Um, he can charge onto a Gloom, charge next to somebody on his team that's not in one, and tell them to go run off into a Gloom hex somewhere. If they've you know if they've already charged, right? Um, yeah. He can use that to reposition just to be able to score this. Uh, what I like is that this is a aggro card we've already identified we're an aggro warband because you're gonna have to charge to do this but it's not an aggro card that uh needs any dice rolls to have succeeded it's a positioning aggro card and that's always super fun yes Um, indeed so this is this is a solid one in my opinion yeah i definitely had it in there as well uh another one more that is sort of this positioning sort of aggro stuff i threw in unafraid just for another two glory end phase I think it kind of makes sense if we're already doing all this other stuff. The only mm. caveat being that it is all of your surviving fighters have to be within two hexes of one or more enemy fighters. Yeah. Um, and since you do have five, that does basically mean that there's going to be situations where you're just stretched out too much and you don't have enough actions to get everybody into range. Uh, Manok helps, mm-hmm. but uh, I have found from playing this card in other five fighter warbands that sometimes you just have one guy who's just just <laughs> out of range really messing it up for you but i think as we mentioned there's a lot of low scoring stuff in this deck already and just having mm. another two glory score for basically the same game plan felt like a good reason to include it to me mm-hmm. um 
I think uh, I think that was one that I would keep an eye on and see if it's uh, yeah something we cut out need later. Pushes and stuff to make it work. Yeah, um, talking about a two glory, and this is maybe a little more controversial. But what we've what we've got right now is a lot of uh, lower glory but reliable ones. So there's yep. two two cards that I was looking at that might kind of play off of that, and one is uh, I think I know maybe what direction you're going, but I <laughs> I can't quite tell yet because you haven't said anything <laughs> yeah yeah uh mind yeah. of mork yeah the infection one i was thinking yep. of mind of mork and this is a dual score in an end phase if there is a surviving friendly leader and you have scored two or more other objective cards in this round um mm-hmm. it's only one so i don't know if that payoff is good enough and uh, i think manic's relatively tough but it's a little a little challenging uh kind of a, a bigger swing a bigger partner to that is a universal called proud commander Yep, that was the uh, one I was thinking you were probably going to say. Yeah, all right. Uh, and this is seven or more objective cards have been scored or your leaders in enemy territory. Um, and it feels, I, I kind of like this one. I like it because we're in this uh, set of rules now where you can mulligan this and see it later. You don't have to, Yeah. normally a, a two glory third end phase is not so great, but you don't have to have this in your opening hand. Um. And I think that the games where you're going to get stalled out, where you're not going to have seven uh, objectives scored, are going to be ones that are like against a, a control player, or somebody who's not engaging, right? Like, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of yours are aggro, easy aggro, uh, relatively easy aggro ones. Uh, and that's the kind of game where Manic will almost certainly be alive at the end and can just walk into enemy territory and score this for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's infinitely easier than scoring. Uh, uh, what's it called? The old school, just to have everybody in enemy territory. Uh, conquest. Conquest. Yeah. I mean, it's the same amount of glory, but you just have to have your leader. So, mm. yeah, I, I I definitely think that's a, a solid choice. Um, I I don't. I mean, like all the reasons you said, there's always those fail factors for these, but you, you got to have some higher scoring cards because if you just go like all one glory cards, you're just sometimes just going to get beat because of the math. Yeah, you just um, couldn't catch up. So I definitely think that makes sense with a lot of the other stuff that we're running already. Uh, Let's see. How many, uh, how many end phase do we have in there now? So we now have, I believe, so I had a couple others in here already that I think we haven't touched on. So if I take those out. Oh, what do you have in there? Well, <laughs> so I, I included tougher than use. Uh, so this is another hybrid one. So friendly fighters have more wound counters than enemy fighters, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, that's probably not going to come up very much. Or... One or more surviving friendly fighters each have more upgrades than each enemy fighter. And so it's sort of like, unless you're facing off against the big Voltroni builds, that's probably mm-hmm. where you can go with Manoc because he does have five wounds and you can probably stack stuff on him to get him pretty big. Mm. Um, it's not super reliable. It's definitely like one of the later choices that I put in here. We can probably yeah. just cut it. Um, okay. I think a lot of the other things seem better. The one thing I was going to ask about that with uh, when when do illusions get dropped? Because uh, the end of the action phase. The action so, phase, yeah. Yeah, so illusions will drop off. Um, these guys have a few decent illusion upgrades. 
but they won't help out here. They so I think do. that kind of works against this card. Yes. Um, I had not initially included any illusions. I'll be interested to see which ones you wanted to include. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, let's see other things that I had in here. Uh, I think the only other one that I had put in because we're aggro and because I really think that this is a good third end phase aggro is demolish the opposition mm. and probably not for the second condition uh, because <laughs> there's no more than one surviving enemy fighter is always tough. Yeah. But if you're aggro into aggro matchup or aggro into like a positioning warband where they're just going to need to be moving towards you uh, or just get forced out of their own territory for defensive reasons, the score this in a third end phase if there are no enemy fighters in enemy territory is sometimes just surprisingly easy to accomplish mm. um, for a third end phase for three. I sure. don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think you just guaranteed put this in like you would if you're playing like Molog or something, but um, I do still think it's worthy of consideration. Yeah, I think uh, I think it looks, I think it's worth thinking about, uh, and I think obviously we'd be doing that or Proud Commander. Yep. So let's think, see, let's see what else we build. And yeah. Uh, so if we if we stick with Proud Commander, um, then we have eight end phase total, including the one third end phase. Okay. So we would have a couple cuts to make on both sides, but I think that that's pretty normal. You usually yep. end up there. Yep. Uh, and I think all of them sort of work together. So any mix of what we've already chosen probably gets us where we want to be. Okay. So going uh, on to gambits. Yeah, sounds good. Um, some of the first ones that I included were things like counter charge which allows you to make a reaction after an enemy fighter's move action uh as a charge so when an enemy charges and then you get to push a friendly fighter up to three hexes and they have to end adjacent to the charging fighter um reason for doing this is because you get the supports you can get double supports if you've got the uh minions doing this or if they're the ones getting charged you pull somebody else in and then they get an extra supporting fighter and then you can trigger the inspire for multiple fighters uh, because yeah. they will all be in support. Yeah. I, uh, I, the only thing better is if they still had blindside available. Oh uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was looking for it and then was like, Oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's strong and I, I will be honest. I didn't include it and in that's because, uh, I personally had overlooked the fact that, uh, both the the minions ability the uh, pain in the knee ability and the inspire happened on defensive supports as well so um that's yeah. cool yeah uh i think uh another obvious choice would be strength of the swarm this yep. is out of the uh silent menace and this is plus one dice if there's a single supporting fighter and plus one damage as well if there is two supporting fighters so now uh uh, your minions come running in and give you double supports and plus one dice and plus one damage. Like, <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. a guaranteed uh, yeah. attack there. And if I, if I ever doubted that this was good, my games against uh, uh, against the the um, Bone Boys, the uh, yeah, Ossiarch, yeah, Canaan's Reapers have shown me that this is a horrifying card when used with a warband that can really leverage it. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a huge swing in both 
lethality and accuracy. So uh, it was one of the first inclusions that I put in. Uh, I think there's lots of uses for it. Um, and I, I, th I mean, well, people probably are familiar with this card at this point. I, I think it bears mentioning that it's not a in the next activation power step uh, card. It's it's just a this effect persists until after the next attack action made by a friendly fighter. So if for some mm. reason you get into a situation where you're like, oh, they played, you know, inured to pain or whatever. Yeah, I just can't hurt them this turn. You just hold off. You just don't waste it, um, which I think makes it even better. So right. A uh, really cool card. I definitely think it's really strong with this warband. Yeah, I would agree. Another one that makes a lot of sense for uh, this warband, I think, is Center of Attention. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just a staple at this point. I think given the, the pushes that are available in the current card pool, there's tons of stuff that you can do with center of attention, both offensively and defensively. And I probably will never leave home without it until <laughs> something better comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think that's a, a good, uh, good pickup. I think, um, that, uh, I, knowing how, um, scant your gambit slots get, uh, I had, you know, other disruption cards like hypnotic buzz. I think you let uh, center of attention be your sort of distraction for when you really need it. Um, yeah, I think uh, hypnotic buzz is probably going to get edged out, but, um, right now that, that card makes it in the first, first round, uh, of most of the decks I build. And then I, I see from there. Yeah, I've um, got it in there too. I think it's probably a uh, like eleventh gambit right now. Sure, but I, I definitely included it because having an extra distraction esque effect is not a bad thing. Right alongside that, mostly because I think it's quite cunning is mirror move for me. Uh, okay, because uh, uh, because of the flexibility, you can push a friendly or push an enemy. Uh, you are waiting on your opponent to push somebody. Um, and I yeah. think it may end up in the same situation of, of, uh, being the 11th, but, um, I, I like the fact that it'll probably help you set up supports at some point. You just have to kind of wait for the opportunity. It just feels thematic to, to, you know, have that sneaky reaction yeah. push. Well, and I think there's a lot of war bands right now with in built pushes, right? I mean, you've got, mm -hmm. you've got like the crab and you've got, uh, you know, stalkers have lots of power cards with pushes and there's just a and lot skitter. of pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And the ghosts uh, and that are just going to be pushing all the time. Uh, so, sure. you know, it, there won't be a lack of pushes to trigger that off of. Yeah. Um, while we're still on the idea of things that are kind of leaning into our, our uh, support situation, hmm. um, I thought... Uh, or is it uh well there's easy meat is kind of like strength of the swarm light which is plus one damage if you're supported uh although you get it for yeah. just a single support so that's an in faction uh plus one to the first range one or two attack in the next activation if the attacker has one or more supporting fighters um and we do know that they have some damage issues it is one of those like plus one damage before you see the the dice roll um but yeah which is a little risky, but I mean, as you said, we kind of need mm -hmm. it. So it, it's mm -hmm. worth considering um, and we'll see where else we 
we end up before. Um, but what I really liked was a universal out of, um, out of the Harrow deep season, which is unfair fight his reaction play this mm-hmm. during a friendly fighters attack action after the declare attack action step. Uh, if that friendly fighter has one or more supporting fighters stagger the target and the attacker has grievous until, uh, it's been resolved. Yes. So I also have this one in there and it is pretty juicy. Um, Stagger is something that when I first read it, I was just like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, you can kind of set up some additional stuff going forward. And it's like, no, you're you're potentially putting a fighter into a situation where you get rerolls on them for the rest of the round after you make yeah. this attack. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's really right. good. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they also get Grievous. So a chance for some extra damage just tagged on. Like, I don't yeah. if this card just gave them stagger. I think that would be good enough, but the Grievous is a nice touch. Yeah, and then the Stagger, of course, it'd be interesting to see how many times uh, the removing a uh, guard token comes into play here. But uh, if if your target does have a guard token, this is a potentially pretty huge accuracy boost. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Because you're getting a reroll and you're removing the guard token. Um, I know whenever I see these, I'm like, yeah, anti-guard. You're like, well... Only, only if you're getting it from a token, it's not going to help from Blissett. There are some universals out there that are handing out guard tokens. So, um, especially in the, I think Order really kind of leaned into guard with some of their stuff. Yeah, it so. looks like that's sort of what they want Order mm-hmm. to be doing. So we'll probably see more of that too going forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so those felt like they leaned into that. You got anything else? Yeah. Um, I think Grot Pile is an interesting mm-hmm. one for mm-hmm. the supports strategy. Um, so mm-hmm. this is a infaction one for pushing one friendly minion up to three hexes. So this is either of your two little dangle bros. Um, and after this push, the fighter must be adjacent to one or more enemy fighters. Then you can push another friendly minion up to three hexes. After this push, that fighter must be adjacent to one or more enemy fighters adjacent to the first fighter. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to set up a big swing with lots of supports, uh, this will get, get you that. Um, <laughs> I think there's there's just a lot of really strong positioning moves with this because how many cards push for three just to begin right. with right. and then push two of your fighters for three? Yeah. I think you include if you include this, then uh, I think you want to make sure you're throwing some weapons in um, so that if, yep. uh, if you take, have take to, you can really... That. Yeah, exactly. Um, which also plays off of the... Uh, crook grin i think uh making sure they remain a threat so we'll keep that in mind um and as we as we cast the net wide initially um Mm -hmm. i think uh i think i thought about uh punching up uh briefly and then yeah uh, i cut it because it's it's gotta basically it's gotta be your minions and it has to be a range one or two which means that there's only one guy who has a uh, on card attack they can actually mm. use it that's that's a little too restrictive that so. is a good point i had it on my list for consideration and i had not considered that the only fighter who can use it is uh great yeah. yeah so yeah i think you're right you cut that um unless you really want to go heavy into weapons and i don't think i don't think building your deck around your minions is no you know. <laughs> i don't think you're going to get very far doing that so yes i think we just take out punching up uh, mm-hmm. as strong of a card as it is it's just mm-hmm. not probably gonna get you where you need to go yeah 
Um, yeah, what else? Uh, I thought uh, there's two cards that uh, lean on our uh, Cunning Warfare, which is wanting us to be in cover hexes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is Shadow Lure. Uh, and it is right. you get to push a fighter one hex towards the nearest cover hex or uh, pick the nearest feature token and empty hex and move that token one hex towards that fighter. So there's some kind of positioning stuff to make sure you end up in cover um, that uh, it kind of serves as a, as a push, but also has some like defensive. It's a um, not, I don't know, like think of it as a sidestep that maybe gives you like a little more flexibility for um, defensive stuff. I'm not sure it's enough on its own. Um, yeah. I but think, then, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I considered it, I hadn't initially included it, but I think I, had, I wasn't really thinking about the uh, needing to stand in objective stuff so much. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I mean, we do definitely need ways to just force that. And uh, this is a way to do it. Yeah. And we may end up with enough uh, other pushes or better pushes to, to do the trick. I think this almost certainly gets cut, but right. I, I did uh, take note. Uh, I thought Merc Lurkers, though, uh, Merc Lurkers, <laughs> Merc Lurkers. Uh, yeah. I thought Merc Lurkers was an option. This is uh, give a guard token to each friendly fighter in a cover hex. Uh, after having played some, you kind of spend a lot of time in cover hexes. Hmm. Okay. Um, that I, you know, and then you think about, again, those minions or, or some, or Crookgrin who are two dodge. If they're two dodge in a cover hex on guard, uh, it's pretty cheesy. That's a lot, right? Uh, and this could this could hit more than one fighter at a time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't, it, it doesn't feed directly into strategies other than, other than that uh, kind of warfare one where you can get yourself on guard and so you can't get like driven back out of them slash killed out of them. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Something there. So I had also considered, although now that looking at the list more, I'm thinking they probably come out. Uh, first was Swarming Strike. I just don't know that we actually need that extra accuracy boost. Um, just make the first friendly fighter making attack action to count as having one additional supporting fighter. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough, right? Like It's yeah. real tempting because it gives you the chance to to do some of this stuff like uh it gives you a chance to we've got those two surges that need two supporting fighters right. if you're going in and, and tough skulls the only supporter which you know he's going to support a lot this lets you trigger those um and it lets you do some more of your supporting tricks later in the game where you're you've taken some casualties and you may not be um may not be as easy to to pull those supports as it's really tempting. Yeah. I, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe given their innate accuracy that we probably just need to go with pushes in here uh, for the most part. Mm. Um, and then sort of in that vein, I had considered swarming advance um, mm-hmm. just because it can push two fighters. Uh, but the restriction being that they have to be towards a friendly fighter who's in enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you draw this in round one, it's almost dead, uh, just because their base move three, um, it's not guaranteed dead, but like, eh, it doesn't feel great. Um, 
it's definitely a later choice that I picked up. I don't know that it really helps you a lot, but it does let you move multiple fighters, which is always mm-hmm. a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got uh, I got two cards that are uh, not uh, they don't fee well. Uh, I'll take this back. So th- I've got two cards, uh, one of which does kind of feed into one of our objectives, and that would be Swamp Spill. We talked yep. about um, get the reroll. More rerolls helps you uh, make sure that you've got the all success roll. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps with people who are fishing for the grievous damage. Uh, this is a choose one friendly fighter. You can reroll one dice in that fighter's attack rolls for range one or range two attack actions and persist until the end of the phase. Um, rerolls for the entire round, especially when you've got people with longer range. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I, I also had it on my list. I. Like accuracy is not necessarily the thing this warband needs, but like, as you say, there's a number of things where we kind of need to be able to make sure we're going to roll like the dice that we need. Um, yeah. And, and so I thought it also made sense to include. Um, and then one, and I think this might be however you build these guys. I think this might be an auto include uh, is skin of their teeth. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, it just reaction play during an attack action. If it's doing the exact amount of damage to to take you out, then you take one damage off that attack action to a minimum of one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times I've gotten burned by the reduced damage by one ploy that the uh, <laughs> that the wolves have. Yeah. Um, uh, narrow escape. Yeah, and this yeah. basically feels the same. Yeah. Um, and we know that card is good, so. Mm-hmm. this card has to also probably be good um and maybe in reality when you start playing these guys you find out that it doesn't come up enough because they don't all have four wounds but uh my guess is i mean that- <laughs> yeah i think it does come up because i think yeah. i think your little guys uh even somebody's like well i got a two damage attack let me farm a little glory off of one of these yeah minions and, and you're like just kidding i'm only taking one <laughs> and now you're gonna get punched back i it's great yeah i think it's a really strong card i think it goes in Um, yeah quick sidebar for you um a lot of these things say you know reduce uh you know take one less damage or something the wording on this is uh reduces the damage characteristic yeah minus one damage from that attack action and damage is capitalized so it's reducing the damage characteristic so you you mess with surge of aggression here if somebody's coming in for a four damage that is very uh, true. That, that's <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, I wonder why they worded it that way. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, but the circumstances where that would happen. I mean, I, they they probably. I, I would prefer that they were generally worded this way. I think because uh, mm-hmm. you you end up having the question like I, I think I was helping people out with that question this last Thursday where I was like. Yeah, you did one less damage, but it was still a four damage attack. You know, it right. wasn't this card; it was something else. And I was like, I know that doesn't really sound like it makes sense, but that's yeah. how the wording is. Yeah, um, this won't come up too often because it's going to have to be, it have to be a four damage attack, which is also dealing the exact amount of damage. So they'd have to be taking out like tough skull or you know a uh, manok who's taking one damage already, and then they're coming in doing four or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So the circumstances where it actually messes with surge of aggression are, are relatively few, but for sure, I 
think that hits everything. I, obviously, you always throw Duel of Wits in there, um, and oh, Outrun yeah. Death mm-hmm. are, are always in consideration. Draw stuff is always something yeah. to think about. Um, the only other one that I had, had that was another in faction card is Creeping Doubt. Mm. Um, I mm. think it's it's a little hard to engineer, but you choose an enemy fighter and you push one friendly fighter a hex closer to the chosen fighter. Then, if that friendly fighter is adjacent to the chosen fighter, so just to clarify, the first piece does not require you to end up adjacent. But if you do end up adjacent, you then get to stagger that fighter. Mm. Um, so you get sort of the double whammy here. You get a push. Uh, it's basically a sidestep, but it's restricted a little bit. And then, if you can engineer it right, you get to stagger, which gives you rerolls for ostensibly the rest of the round. Unless okay. they want to go on guard. So it gives us another way to reroll dice. Um, if you have in that particular setup where you're one hex away, I don't know that it's like good enough to make the cut, but I think it's worthy of consideration. Yeah. Give me the bad news. How many gambits are we on now? Uh, well, if we throw in things like duel of wits, uh, we are above 15. Okay. <laughs> <If we> don't <laughs> throw those in. We're at 15. So, okay. Uh, all right. Well, pause on that. We'll go to upgrades, or do you have yeah. anything else you want to sort out there? I think upgrades is definitely uh, good to continue on to because I think that might help to thin out some of the stuff in the power cards for ploys. Okay. Um, so I can say one of the first things I always do when I'm making an aggro deck is I throw in augmented limbs and I threw it in and immediately took it back out. <laughs> yeah. How many range like, one attacks you're going to use? Yeah. There's just not that not that many uh and uh, so then i went looking for uh uh strength of terror which yeah, doesn't which exist anymore so, so yeah. no Oopsie. no just plus one dice which is a little sad yeah um but one that kind of gets us close there is master of merc um so this is a hmm. infaction card that they have where you have plus one dice this fighter's attack actions no range restriction while this fighter is in a cover hex uh, this fighter's attack actions have ensnare while the target is in a cover hex. Yeah. Uh, I had those situations happen several times uh, and it'll happen. And that was, I was using Godsworn who had relatively um, low range stuff. I think with your range two and three guys, you're going to see, you're going to fulfill uh, both categories a few times. So yeah. Uh, uh, the plus one dice being the more important one, but I think, uh, I think that's a solid choice and I think getting extra dice is pretty difficult. So I think, uh, mm-hmm. even with the positioning restrictions, I think it's a go-to. Yeah. And, and I mean, plus one dice on top of all the support stuff is going to mean lots of really accurate attacks mm-hmm. and plus one dice with no range restriction is just kind of silly. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you could do to mess this mess around with this and get some crazy stuff going. But, uh, I think just as a base accuracy booster, it's really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you probably pick up a uh, great strength here. Yep, um, definitely. Uh, it's not, not an exciting choice, but it is, you know, with the damage increases out there, these guys don't, can't really reach for the range one or two ones, uh, or right. the range one, uh, one. So, um, feral symbiote and such are, are not, not good choices for them. Um, yeah. so, uh, they're a yeah. little more limited on that. So I had initially leaned away from Savage Strength as well, um, just yeah. because they do have a number of two dodge fighters. But yeah. thinking about it more, 
they kind of needed the damage boosts and both tough skull and manok do not go to two uh defense dice so maybe that's an okay pickup mm. uh yeah i i think it's all right to include in there and we'll we'll see i think we've identified damage as a potential problem for him so mm-hmm. um we also mentioned uh including some weapons with these guys um yeah to increase that particularly for your minions who are going to be doing they're going to be getting up close and i think you want something on one of those guys just to to have that um have them be a threat if you need uh for me you know there's a bunch of bunch of weapons out there they do there's the interesting thing of like putting ranged weapons down uh increases your chance of uh uh scoring the outmaneuver mm-hmm. objective that's yeah. only a one one glory objective so not not too big deal um so I, I did a quick look through like some of the bows and that sort of thing but i just kept coming back to a uh, soul tooth dagger yep um a a an attack that has three dice uh, on fury is going to benefit a lot from supports um it'll crit up to three damage um it could have a reroll if the target's got to move i think there's a lot lot to recommend it there so yeah um, uh, i thought it, that was a pretty it sees a lot of play right now because sure. it is really good um yep. i don't see any reason not to use it it it's a solid upgrade for all of your fighters except for probably mana like you could even mm-hmm. put it on uh torka tough skull because he starts with just two fury um, mm, which is just not true. that accurate. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's a solid include. I've got it on my list. Um, the uh, the only other one I was looking at is uh, I think Wicked Lash might actually be an option here. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to engineer supports if you're range two. Uh, we've already got a fair amount of range two, though. So uh, this would be something that you would be putting on the little guys, basically. There's some circumstances where it would be good for uh manic or uh tough skull where if they were damaged and the target was damaged or something like that but, yeah i so i was thinking the same thing and i just kept feeling like you're going to end up in situations where you couldn't get the damage counter on them because of their two wounds but i guess even if they don't do that you can still push it to three fury two damage just for your opponent being wounded and that's still pretty solid mm um what else do i like um i liked uh i liked either duelist speed or soundless step probably soundless step um yes i i like that for a couple reasons um having that we call it you know surfing or whatever um we have several decent range two fighters between your your big guys uh which they can really take advantage of this kind of card a lot. So yep. they can attack, take a step, attack, take a step. And that, that step can be, you know, step back out of, uh, if you, the opponent has range two, you can step back away from them. Uh, it can be step onto a gloom. So you got a little more protection. It can be step so that your next attack has a, a target. You kind of work your way through people. I think there's a lot to recommend it, uh, both because of the inherent talents of this warband and because of some of the objectives that we're, we're uh, working with. Uh, you can make an attack and then step over to be able to support somebody else on the, in the next attack. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I can keep going manic, manic <laughs> and attack, uh, step so that he's next to somebody so that on your next turn, you'd be able to trigger his, uh, 
cunning cunning command or whatever it is cunning command his reaction because he's he's got to be able yeah. to be near somebody for that so um yeah. i think at the very least you're taking <laughs> soundless step you may take dual speed yeah if you if you didn't know getting to push a, a hex with a two reach <laughs> fighter every single time they make an attack or do anything is yeah. really good um so <laughs> give that a try it's pretty fun uh mm -hmm. i have some some scarring memories from early days of Molog <laughs> with uh yeah. with some quickening or not uh what, do a speed. do a speed probably at that time yeah um just bopping people and then moving in to bop somebody else yeah it's not great but it I, is very good I, <laughs> I would do the one where he uh what was it escape artist there were a couple where if he's attacked he gets to push instead of being driven back yeah yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like every activation he's just taking a step somewhere yeah, so it's like oh i attack him yeah. well then he gets to move into position <laughs> to hit another little guy and then he smacks him and then moves into and it's like oh my god <laughs> covers the whole board in one round and gets to bop whoever he wants it's pretty good yeah. Uh, in oh. that same vein, I was thinking quickening greaves. Uh, the timing mm. is a little different, but um, getting an extra push before the start of the round or at the end of the round can be pretty good. Mm, I see to set up supports or some such. Uh, setting up supports, stepping into gloom, uh, moving to be adjacent to an enemy fighter. Um, I think there's a lot of uses for it. Um, and we've got a lot of these maneuvering type scoring cards right now and mm -hmm. um so i think having more ways to and you know engineer those sort of unexpectedly can be mm -hmm. uh, a good thing um so i don't know if it stays in but i think it's worth considering sure yeah um i was looking at it's usually a good idea to have a plus one wound in there something for if you get a fighter that's yep so uh looking at both greater fortitude and scavenged armor um yep Sca scavenged armor is pretty attractive i think you're going to end up in enemy territory a, a fair amount um yeah I, I it's hard so to say too. and going on guard with some of those two dodge guys can make them really unattractive for uh for a kill so um i think i might start with scavenged armor and then if i found like i uh, know I'm, I'm just not going aggressive enough then i would uh I would trade down to uh, great fortitude. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only, yeah, you maybe even go with both, but I, I think, mm, I'm, I think sure. you're right. You probably start with scavenged armor, assuming you're being as aggressive as we think. And then, mm -hmm. um, and then maybe adjust as you've played a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, in that same sort of vein of like old school staples, uh, what do you think of glory seeker? Yeah, I think that's good. I think uh, especially if you, I would also think of the Morkrow. Um, yep, it's a that's range four, three fury, grievous that you put on. And uh, now we're just, we're making far strider, right? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, yeah. Lobbing, lobbing shots uh, from far away in the safety of your own gloom hex. Um, I think glory seeker is a solid choice. And we've only... I, I might do something like great strength and glory seeker uh, rather than great strength, savage strength or, or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it lets you, I mean, uh, what's, I can't remember. Shank, Shank is kind of a jerk if he's uh, got a net that's doing up to two damage from wherever yeah. he's at. So. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's pretty solid. So uh, that was the one I had had in there right off the bat for the extra damage along with great strength. 
So I think we sure. can consider that. Um, another damage booster that I initially thought about but have realized needs to be cut is Spiteful Strength. Uh, this is only on range one attacks. So mm. again, that, that does not qualify. And that's in the infaction cards. Which... Well, it's the infection is only on minions. Oh, and it's only on minions? <laughs> so there's literally one fighter who can use it? Before uh, you upgrade. Yeah. yeah, if you don't give them any sort of weapons. That's, yeah, yeah it's just bad. Um, there's, like, I was just kind of grabbing everything that gave bonus damage, and that is not sure. a good choice. Yeah. Um, and then another one that kind of gives damage is Dirty Fighter. I I initially was like, oh, this could be kind of cool. And then I read it closer. And I'm like, no, this is not going to be that good. Um, this is uh, if you're supporting somebody and they miss, then you can react to do a damage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so this is you have to put it on the fighter who's going to be supporting. And then when a friendly fighter's attack fails, that the upgraded fighter was supporting, they mm-hmm. deal one damage to the target. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess the only maybe like better use case here is that you could put this onto uh, Tough Skull. Tough Skull, yeah. And then he can be triggering a reaction for one damage on any sure. miss from two away. Um, I I think if we were going with like the Cruel Tricks uh, direction yeah. and we're going to make up for our damage with Ping instead, do. Uh, then I think we yeah. I think we go with this. I think it might be a little too situational for what we got here i agree so we'll cut that um let's see other things so i i just threw in silent helm and silent ring because they tend to be pretty solid but i don't actually know that we care to run either of them uh given the aggro nature of these guys and they're probably not trying to be super survivable but yeah if if I'd gone silent sword on the weapon, then maybe I'm going with those, and and um, and then we've got more help for everything to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think maybe lean away from that. Yep, uh, I agree. There there are two illusion ones that I thought were pretty interesting: mm-hmm. uh, Titan of Cruelty and Titan of Cunning. Right. Uh, so Titan of Cruelty, and these are illusions, so they are free to place. They're upgrades that are free to put on. They will go away if the fighter is dealt damage, uh, chosen by a gambit, or uh, at the end of the action phase. Uh, the Titan of Cruelty is basically uh, a, you can think of it as soundless step, but but illusion version, and he can't do it after a uh, scything. So yeah, after the, after their action, unless it was a scything attack action, you can push the fighter one hex. So. Um, think maybe you don't include both that and soundless step i think you you pick one or the other um yeah uh and it might i think it's a thing that you kind of want a little more long term so maybe I not agree. Uh, I, I thought oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say just in general like and maybe obviously i haven't played any games yet with them and maybe you saw some of this um this last league night it just feels like illusions are just gonna kind of gum up the works a little bit it's like, oh, yeah, I've got this upgraded fighter and I want to push them a hex. And then it's like, oh, but if I do that, I break the illusion. And like, oh, my if opponent. If you take a damage or? 
Well, if you choose oh, oh, about a gambit. You, yeah, yeah, I was thinking of this most recent one where like, well, yeah. no, it, it's exactly what it does. It pushes the heck. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and so then it's like, well, if you want to do any other pushes or whatever and you have to choose them, then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, now I can't do that if I want to keep my upgrade. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I guess I'm leery of illusions for that reason, but I can see the like appeal early in the game where you're like, I just get to throw this out for free and then get a really nice bonus. So... Mm-hmm um the other two that i was looking at are defensive there's titan of cunning is in faction and it's just a straight plus one defense um, yeah so it's good without needing glory you can bump uh manic up to two block or something like that which is pretty pretty tasty yeah. um and the other one is a dis- oh no this is in faction as well intimidating phosphor and that is minus one dice from enemy fighters attack actions uh oh, while they target this fighter so no range restriction on that how did I, oh, it's also an illusion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's also good. I mean, I, there have been a lot of times where I've played into the minus one dice thing uh, that's on a ploy that the uh, Reapers have and just felt like, man, this is awful. <laughs> so I have to go after the big guy or take minus one dice. Like, this feels garbage um yeah and so just minus one dice just until you get rid of this thing that that's also quite strong um so yeah i can definitely see why you'd maybe throw that in um yeah how many upgrades are we sitting on now that is 14 okay um but i could take out uh savage strength and that would drop us back down to 13 I think okay. we had already discussed that we could just do that because we have Glory Seeker. So sure. We'll, we'll say we got 13 there. All right. So these are the ones that I feel like are leaning the least on some of our other stuff. So list me off what our upgrades are, and we'll we'll see if we can make some cuts and then work our way backwards. Oh, uh, and then actually one oh. other one that I had forgotten to mention is that okay. to include Savage Visage. Um, mm. It'd be, mm. I think, our range one. first. Oh, is it range? Oh, range one. Never mind. Get it out of here. Yep. Get out of here, Savage <laughs> Visage. <laughs> You're great, except in this warband. Okay. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then we actually only have 12, and the options are Scavenged Armor, Soul Tooth Dagger, Soundless Step, Wicked Lash, Glory Seeker, Great Fortitude, Great Strength, Quickening Greaves, Intimidating Phosphor, Master of Merc, Mork Crow and Titan of Cunning. Okay. I think uh my off the bat I would say let's drop Wicked Lash. Okay. Um and then if you're playing this, think about like, hey, I drew Soul Tooth Dagger. What if this had been Wicked Lash? Would I feel better about that? Yeah. Um I think maybe again Wicked Lash actually comes back if you're doing your your ping build. Um Wicked Lash looks a little more actually, tasty. Actually, yeah, very true. If you got the um, ping stuff. Uh, and then maybe just tit- Titan of Cunning or Phosphor um, as a yeah as a defensive minus one. Do you see anything else that would jump at you as a as a cut? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's probably one of the ones in the illusions, just because I think they're strong, but I don't know that we necessarily want both. Um, I think more often than not, minus one dice is probably going to be better than plus one defense. Maybe. I guess it depends. I mean, there's a lot of situations these days where people are just stacking rerolls and dice. 
Mm. So minus one dice maybe doesn't actually help you that much because it's like, oh, they went from four but dice with three rerolls back down to three dice with three rerolls. Like, yeah, okay, my chances of rolling a crit on one dice were still one out of six. So, um, yeah, tighten if it. you're standing in gloom, uh, then extra dice help a little bit as well. As well, yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking Titan probably gets us there. Okay. Let's give that a shot yeah and that kind of blends nicely with like putting manok back in a gloom with the mort crow and glory seeker and then just being like well okay i will pretend to be uh, a far strider today and we'll go nuts and see how many people get annoyed by getting pinged for three damage when i roll crits <laughs> um there'll be a lot of people because i remember that being super annoying <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, with those, we have a lot of movement tech um, mm -hmm. from Soundless Step and Quickening Greaves. And mm. then we've got some damage boosters, which helps. So we probably don't have to have quite as many damage boosters uh, if we don't want to in the ploys. Yeah. Um, is this a, is this a time to look? Should we do gambits? Yeah, let's do gambits now yeah, and then we'll look at back gambits at the objectives. Out and then right. we can figure out what makes sense in the objectives. So... We got hypnotic buzz, which I think we had kind of already discussed about cutting. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Strength of swarm, which I think is a solid include. Swarming advance, which I think we had also talked about cutting. Mm -hmm. so let's just take that right away. Swarming mm -hmm. strike, center of attention, counter charge, mirror move, creeping doubt, easy meat, grot pile, murk lurkers, skin of their teeth. Swamp Spill, Shadow Lure, and Unfair Fight. All right, let's cut Shadow Lure. I think that was a little too situational. Okay. Um, and we're kind of doing the job with some of our other pushes. Um, I think uh, you talked about, so Easy Meat is maybe the one to cut from. Gives plus one damage yeah. if they have a supporting fighter. Um, <sighs> and we do have multiple sources of plus one damage and upgrades. So... I think that one could come out, okay. but I think it's a, I don't know, it's a gut gut feel. Mm. So we take that one out. Um, so that leaves us with What's 11. What's our count at? Oh, so we just need one more? One more. I'm thinking it's either Swarming Strike or Creeping Doubt, probably. I think Swarming Strike is too good to cut. Um, yeah. I think uh, extra dice, extra damage in this uh, Warband is too tasty. Oh, uh, Swarming Strike is the your next attack action counts oh, as having one additional supporting fighter. Oh. Strength of the Swarm, I think we definitely do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what, how much pushes do we have if, I, if we cut Mirror Move? Uh, um, so we've got Center of Attention, Counter Charge, Creeping Doubt, Grot Pile. Uh, okay. So four? Yeah, I think maybe mirror move. I might, I might try that. I, I kind of want to keep swarming strike and then try it out and see like, hey, this is just totally unnecessary. Sure. Or, okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. And that, that gives us both extra ways to score if we mm -hmm. just don't have the positioning with the minions or if they're dead mm -hmm. and just as an accuracy boost, just mm -hmm. flat. So never a bad thing. So then we come back to our objectives. So start with what do you want to start with surges or upward or uh, end phase we've got more end phases but i think they're maybe easier cuts let's do that then okay so for end phase we have demolish the opposition 
uh, Proud Commander, Unafraid, um, Born Survivors, Cunning Warfare, Mind of Mork, Outmaneuver, Showy Tactics, and Looming Threat. Okay. I don't think you keep both Mind of Mork and uh, uh, Proud Commander. Uh, I think because yeah. both those are like relying on you scoring other things, I think that's a little too cloggy. Um, if you drew them both, you'd be in trouble. Yeah, and I think I uh, like Proud Commander better than Mind, probably. Okay. Well, then the other thing this does is if you take Proud Commander, then you cut, you cut Demolish. Mind, and you cut Demolish. Yep, and I think that that's pretty easy to feel good about i don't think okay. there's too much like i think you could go either way but i think the way we're building that feels solid yeah and where does that leave us for number of end phase uh, we just have one end phase left to cut okay um what are you seeing there yeah so i'm thinking i'm thinking we probably then it's either born survivors or uh looming threat i think they're the two hardest ones that have a single glory payoff unafraid is also mm. fairly difficult but i think if we cut another mm. two glory we're starting to get pretty low sure. on our total glory so my vote on that would be i, I think uh looming threat is more difficult than I born survivors so so we cut that, that. Um, if you draw born survivors in round one you just play defensive and you've got like a guaranteed glory so mm -hmm. I think and I would flag unafraid as being our one that is the our maybe our most potentially problematic objective. I would um, agree. I just don't know if we have enough glory to cut it. Unless yeah, yeah. we can no, find I'm, another two glory end face. I don't somewhere. think we can. I, I think we keep it um you know, cause we, we haven't talked about some of the other aggro objectives, uh, but a lot of them like get the whole war band, you know, bold deeds or um uh clean kills is rough with this warband because your damage rough. output is low you're gonna end up uh leaving some guys yep. with a little bit of health uh i i was just experiencing that with the uh godsworn because i lost a lot of my heavy hitters and yeah <laughs> i had the rest of the round with just like uh a couple one damage guys and they weren't even making attacks it's like i don't want to accidentally hit somebody with olive's uninspired bow and then screw this up <laughs> so, yeah yeah right uh, yeah, um yeah so i think I don't know. My experience has definitely been that one's very difficult sometimes. So yeah. All right. Okay. So that gets us to six. Um, mm -hmm. We've got two surges to cut and our total glory is at 17. So after cuts, we will be down to 15 glory. 15 little, little light, little light, but I think we can manage it. Um, okay. But yeah. So then for surges, we got everything to prove, which I think, pro I think we probably keep that impending mm -hmm. doom orchestrated kill uh gristle for the mill um supreme cunning uh the more the meaner contest of equals and unequal contest hmm uh maybe contest of equals goes that was a little bit a little iffy anyway yeah i might even chop I would either go down to just one of the uh, have two supports, but since we kept swarming strike, maybe maybe we don't because that that feels like a way to score that pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Maybe everything could prove because we're we're down to we didn't take any real um, quarry upgrades. Did we, didn't, we? we didn't take any quarry upgrades at all. Um, 
and it's our only primacy thing. So if we cut it and our opponent oh. doesn't bring primacy, then there's just no primacy uh, in the game. Okay. Which is actually an interesting situation to be in. Let's give that a shot. And uh, then you pay attention to how often you get one shot or how, how often you would be giving up primacy. Yeah. So I, I think if you're counting on like, I need to get one of the little guys one shot um, and you're going to be maybe screwing that up for them with your skin of their teeth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I think that, oh gosh, it's hard to, hard to believe I'm saying that, but I think maybe everything to prove is the cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it feels a little weird, but I think it's worth trying. <laughs> All so right. that leaves us with our final build. Um, okay. So we'll uh, include a link to this. Um, yep. Oh, you know what we totally overlooked? Uh, I, this is on me. I, uh, we were inspired to do this because uh, Matt from Set the Tempo has an awesome mm, article, yeah. uh, which honestly we should have put in the um, community shout outs, but mm. you guys know we shout, we shout <laughs> Set the Tempo out all the time. So, um, but uh we did a Xandar's uh, Truth Seekers build. Kind of went through the same process, only in blog format. And I uh, suggested to him that we have a content creator deathmatch where you and I would live build uh, a cunning crew and play it against his uh, Xandar's Truth Seekers. We'll try and get a webcam game going. Um, if that doesn't quite line up, then uh, I'll pilot one and you pilot the other, and we'll we'll uh, somebody will champion for him. Yeah. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll come back with our feedback on how that matchup goes. So. If that's enough for a full episode, we'll do that. If it's not, then we'll uh, we'll uh, append it on to something else. So um, we'll have a link to his deck and uh, his article, and uh, we'll have a link to this uh, deck, which Phil is saving right now so we don't lose it. I've got it saved. It is ready to be linked <laughs> up, and hopefully we will not lose anything in post. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts on these guys before we wrap things up here? No, uh, other than that, the the process this time was very different because last time we were like, hey, we're going to do combo. Uh, yeah. And that was driving it. Here it was driven by what do we have? You know, like this this uh, this is a little more open. And because it's a warband that we have not uh, had much experience with, unlike both of us had seen Spike Claw enough times that we kind of knew what was up with them. Uh, there's, there's a little more sort of discovery with this one. So. Uh, and I think that's evidenced by the fact that it took us longer. So. It did. It was it was a decent bit longer. Uh, yeah. Had a lot more cards to sort of talk through. So sure, some some good thoughts. We'll uh, definitely have. I'm excited to see how it works. Uh, I think yeah. these guys have some cool tricks, for sure. Some cool, cruel tricks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all those K K words. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that'll do it for us today. Um, if you would like to let us know what you think about our deck, if you've got some cool builds that you've tried or other card ideas that you think would be sweet, uh, you can get in touch with us at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to go back and check out that Rats episode we were talking about where we did this the first time around, or if there's any other uh, content for just Age of Sigmar in general that you'd like to go and check out, you can head on over to themortalrealms.com for our general podcast group and check out all the different podcasts that we have, um, including a new one that just dropped uh, fairly recently um, where they go through some of the new um, story-driven play styles for Age of Sigmar. And it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then I don't know what we've got coming up next. We'll probably be coming at you with, like we said, either something appended uh, with the game of our 
matchup there between Zandires and Cunning Crew. Um, mm-hmm. Or we'll have something else that cop just pops <laughs> up and we'll All right. uh, figure that out as we go. Uh, Davey, you got any recommended listening for folks today? I do. I took this opportunity. There's a musician I've been meaning to check out for quite a while called King Cruel. Uh, Cruel actually spelled like Cruel Boys Cruel, um, <laughs> which is pretty exciting. I was like, oh, okay, I got I got to do yeah, this. There um, you go. Uh, and I found a cool track by him called uh, Borderline. Uh, there's a lot of people who like uh, a lot of his uh, stuff quite a bit, but uh, I, I enjoyed that one. So uh, King Cruel, Borderline. Very nice. I'll have to go check that out. Sure. Well, then for what the hex, I've been Phil. I've been Davey. That's that's a smart choice. Yeah, yeah. Lessons lessons do get learned sometimes on this cast. <laughs> um, but uh